Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in the steel city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania today with my new friend, Rosalind Colgan. She's the author of 100 Things to Do in Pittsburgh Before You Die. So we just had to have her on the show to share her insider tips. In this episode, Rosalind and I talk about where Mr. Rogers lived in Pittsburgh, writing the city's famous inclines, and why you need to try pierogies. You have these three fun stories, plus a bunch more in this interview. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Pittsburgh. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. This episode is sponsored in part by Basque Bank. Earning airline miles is how my family travels all over the world. These miles help us visit many of the destinations heard right on this podcast. Most of my miles are earned with credit cards, eating out, and online shopping. But now, there's a new way to earn American Airlines Advantage miles with your savings account. Bass Bank is the only savings account that earns American Airlines Advantage miles instead of interest. I like that there are no minimum balance requirements and no monthly service charges. Plus, there are limited time bonus offers to earn even more miles. Think of all the places you can fly with airline miles you can earn. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Bank for all the details. Member FDIC. Hey, Rosalind, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So today we're talking about Pittsburgh. What's your connection to Pittsburgh? I am born and raised in the Pittsburgh area. I grew up on a farm outside of the city, and today I live in the heart of the city in a neighborhood called the Strip District, and Pittsburgh is just a part of my soul at this point. So Rosalind, you were actually recommended to me by my guest for Philadelphia, Irene Levy-Baker, and she said a, a lot of great things about you, and we're actually also going to talk about your book a little bit later on, because you know everything there is to know about Pittsburgh. Well, a lot. I don't know of everything. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one of the things I learned from writing this book. I certainly don't know it all, but I am so glad that Irene recommended me. I love Philadelphia. You know, there's supposed to be this drama between Pittsburgh and Philly, but I just don't see it. They're both great cities. I just got to say that if, even if you don't know everything, you know so much about the city and I love getting those local tips. And so I knew you'd be perfect for the show. So like you said, you kind of born and raised in this area. What's the thing that's really kind of kept you in Pittsburgh? That's a great question. It's so many things. Pittsburgh is is a large part of my identity now, but I think the things that I love about Pittsburgh the most, the people are really friendly. Pittsburgh sort of defies regional mappings. So it's not quite Midwestern. It's not quite Northeastern. It's sort of this weird place in the middle that has qualities of both, but it certainly has that Midwest nice type of attitude, which I think is really beautiful. And that makes Pittsburgh so special. Nice. So if you were to describe the city or the people in like one or two words, how would you do that? I would say friendly and also the word pride. There is so much Pittsburgh pride from sports, which if you're not from here, you probably still know about Pittsburgh sports teams, but Pittsburgh pride in the city and making the city better and making the city a better place, I think has been a really big part of Pittsburgh's renaissance. Absolutely. I mean, I, other than the pirates, you guys have a tremendous history <laughs> of success in, in sports. So the, the Steelers, you know, with the terrible towels, uh, Certainly. the penguins, everything else. So uh, I'm a big sports guy. So I, I love seeing all the, all the, all the sports games. Yeah, for sure. And we're, we have big hopes for the pirates. So hopefully this year they'll turn it around. We want another, another championship. So we'll see. <laughs> That'd be great. So when people are thinking of coming to Pittsburgh, being up in the Northeast, weather can be an issue a little bit. 
what time of year should people think about visiting? Well, despite living here forever, the winters can be quite rough. It just snowed yesterday. It was pretty miserable. But I think Pittsburgh can be great for all seasons. So if you are coming in winter and you're a brave soul who likes the cold, Pittsburgh is quite magical around the holiday season. But my favorite time in Pittsburgh is when it's a bit warmer out. It can get quite hot in the summer, but summer is my favorite time. There are a lot of festivals in the city. There's a jazz festival. There's a Picklesburg festival, which is truly a festival all about pickles. So you really can't miss that. <laughs> that sounds really cool. It's always <laughs> nice when you got that little character uh, to, to really just add things to the experience. For sure. Pittsburgh has a lot in character. <laughs> <laughs> if people are thinking about coming to Pittsburgh, where do they fly into? There's a there's obviously a big airport there, right? Yes, Pittsburgh International Airport is just outside of the city limits, so that is really easy and accessible. There's also a Greyhound bus station right in downtown and an Amtrak station right in downtown. Um, if you choose to fly here, there is public transit that you can use to get from the airport into downtown. You can also use Uber or Lyft, or you can rent a car at the airport. It is helpful to have a car if you're visiting Pittsburgh because it's a city of neighborhoods and it can help you to get around quickly. But our public transit system, um, you can also rely on. That is what I mostly use in my daily life to commute. And many of our neighborhoods are walkable. Okay. So I guess we got a little bit of both there, right? So there's a kind of desire if you, if you want to explore everything to get a car, mm-hmm. but you don't need to. If you want to get from the airport to the, the downtown area, Is there a metro line? Is there the bus? Like, What's the best way to get from the airport to downtown? So there is a bus. It is helpful in that it goes straight into downtown. However, you will need to budget some extra time. It's a bit slower. So if you have the time and you want just to only spend $2.75, the bus is a great option. Sure. If you use an Uber or a Lyft, it'll get you there much faster, but it'll cost you probably upwards of $30 um, and maybe more depending if it's rush hour, but that will be your faster option. So that is normally what I use. Um, I'll get a lift at the airport and Pittsburgh's airport is unique in compared to other airports. It's really easy to navigate through the airport and really easy to find where you can get an Uber or Lyft or taxi as well. Okay. Well, great. I mean, it's good that we have options because some of my listeners, they're a little bit more on a budget. So they, they like to have those budget options. But other travelers, you know, maybe they're working on a, they're there for work. So the budget's really not much of an issue. And so it's good to have both of those options. Okay. So if we get a car, uh, so that way we can explore the town more, what's the parking situation like? Is it kind of expensive for parking or is there parking easy to find? So it really depends on the neighborhood. In downtown Pittsburgh, uh, essentially Pittsburgh has what we call the Golden Triangle. And if you're not familiar with Pittsburgh's geography, essentially there are three rivers around Pittsburgh, and it truly is the shape of a triangle downtown. That is where you'll have all the skyscrapers. That's where you'll have all the major corporate buildings. Parking in that area can be a bit expensive. It can be upwards of $25 per day. So be prepared for that. However, in the other neighborhoods, you'll find a lot more street parking, which is much more affordable. You can just, it's metered parking and you will occasionally find free parking depending on what neighborhood you're in. So outside of downtown parking isn't too difficult, but you should have your parallel parking chops ready to go because you (laughs) will need to be doing parallel parking in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Well, I, I see some of those cars nowadays on the commercials where they actually, the car will park for you. So maybe we can get some of that action going. That could be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
So for Rana do parking, I know here in Nashville, there's an app that pretty much kind of controls all the parking. Is there an app or anything like that? Or is it, you got to have coins or is it just, you go in there, grab a ticket and you use your card when you're, when you're paying for parking? There is an app. So, um, that is really helpful. It's, um, really useful if you are maybe in a restaurant and you need to re-up your parking because you've been there a little bit longer than you expected. So that's great. Um, and the meters you can pay either with the credit card or you can use coins. So it's pretty easy no matter what, if you have cash with you or if you'd prefer to use a card. Do you know the name of the app? Yes. It, the app is called Go Mobile PGH, and you'll also find it on the uh, parking meters itself. So if you forget it by the time you get here, don't worry, you'll be reminded. Nice. Now, that's really cool because you know, sometimes you're out there you either you know on a date you know with, a, with your spouse or girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever you're doing, or both you know for some people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or you're out there just hanging out with your friends and everything, and it's nice just to be able to go on the app and, and up your time a little bit instead of going, hey, I'll be right back. You know, Exactly. I mean, so you don't want to miss out on that conversation. Are there certain areas that we should avoid or that we should really look to as far as when we're looking to book a hotel? Yes. So my favorite area, despite what I said about the parking being extensive, my favorite area is downtown Pittsburgh. So that's where you have the skyscrapers. You have a, an extraordinary skyline. I would recommend if you are coming to Pittsburgh to stay in downtown. The views are incredible. There are several great hotels downtown. Um, My favorite is the Kempton Hotel Monaco. It's a gorgeous hotel. It's pretty new in Pittsburgh. They have a floral chandelier. It's just extraordinary. So I recommend that one all the time. That's good because my favorite hotel brand is Kempton. So I've heard a lot of great things about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes. Well, the Kempton in Pittsburgh is extraordinary. It's in an old building, so the architecture is stunning. But if you are someone who travels using points, just about any hotel chain that you could want is right within downtown Pittsburgh. Okay. So that's where I recommend staying. The great thing about staying in downtown is that you have really easy access to public transit. That's the hub for getting on the bus or getting on the light rail. So that makes it really easy. It's walkable. There's lots to do in downtown. So that is where I would stay stay. Okay. And so you mentioned the light rail. The light rail does not go from the airport to downtown, but it is downtown. It kind of goes throughout the neighborhoods. That's right. Unfortunately, it does not go from the airport to downtown. That would be my dream scenario. So hopefully that will happen sometime in the future. But the light rail goes from downtown Pittsburgh into the South Hills of Pittsburgh. So it's great for commuters. I would say mostly used for commuters. And then the bus system is uh, much more extensive and it goes north, south, east and west, just about anywhere that you could want to go within the city limits. That makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, so we got our we got our spot, we got our hotel set up. Now, what are some of the things to do? Uh, obviously, going to the different sports mm-hmm. games and everything like that. But what are some of the other things to do there in, in Pittsburgh? Yeah, well, on sports, first of all. So we talked a lot about the, the major three teams. We talked a lot about the Pirates and the Steelers and the Penguins. And all three are fantastic, obviously. Tickets can be a bit expensive, except for the Pirates. So Pirates are a great option if you're here in the summertime. But I also have to mention the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, which is our soccer team. They did really well last year, actually. And their stadium has a fantastic view of downtown. It's a lot of fun, and the tickets are really affordable. So if you're looking for a soccer match, you should check out the Riverhounds. That sounds like fun. It's the same thing that you mentioned uh, the views of the downtown. I think from the the Pirate Stadium, I haven't been there yet, but I understand that has really great views as well. It does. Yes, it is lauded for those views. It always is getting um, accolades for having one of the most beautiful views in baseball. And it really, really does. Extraordinary view. 
So I can't recommend that enough if you're here in the spring or in the summer. Uh, What are some of the other things that you recommend people do when they come visit? Yeah, so it's not all just sports. Um, (laughs) So one of my favorite things is learning about Pittsburgh history. And there is a lot to learn. And a relic of Pittsburgh history that we still have today is Pittsburgh's inclines. And inclines, there are two left now. There used to be more than a dozen. So if you haven't been to Pittsburgh, one thing that you should know is that it's very hilly. And uh, essentially, people needed a way to get around this city, and inclines were a way to do that. So they are essentially, think of a, a railway car, a funicular that goes up a mountain or up a hill. And today, they are still used for commuters to get around town, but they're also a huge tourist attraction. That is an absolute must if you come to Pittsburgh. Um, so as I mentioned, there are two. They're about a mile apart on a part of Pittsburgh called Mount Washington, so my favorite thing to do is to park at one uh, at the bottom, go to the top, walk along what's called Grand View Avenue, and it truly has a grand view, so it is well-named, and then go down the other incline and back to your car. It is truly the best place to find the best view of Pittsburgh. If you don't have time to do the inclines, um, you can just go to Mount Washington and look at the view, and you'll find the overlooks on Mount Washington packed with people taking photos, whether they're visitors or whether they are lifelong Pittsburghers. It's like the place where people go to get engaged and to take portraits. Oh, cool. That is the absolute must. Yeah, and they got to do it for the gram, you know? So You got to. <laughs> All right. So that's really cute. Is there a charge for the funiculars and for the inclines? There is a charge. I believe it is just under $3 um, and you'll want to have cash. So make sure that you have cash so that you can take both, but it is really reasonable. And at the top of the incline, you'll find a museum that talks all about Pittsburgh's history. You'll find some really cool old photos. So it's really neat. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. I like that it's that, that unique thing that you can't really find in other cities. Exactly. It is extremely unique. And I I just love that it's still a part of our heritage after all of these years. Absolutely. There's too many times where people just want to tear things down and get rid of them because they're not really, quote unquote, useful anymore. Exactly. Exactly. So what are what are some of the other things that they do in Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh has some amazing museums. We are really fortunate to have such wonderful museums in Pittsburgh. So there's probably a museum for you, no matter what it is that you like. So if you like art, uh, we have the Andy Warhol Museum in Pittsburgh, which is phenomenal. It's rare to have a single artist museum of such detail in in a city the size of Pittsburgh. So Andy Warhol was a Pittsburgher, and you will get to see uh, not only his art and learn about his history, but they also have contemporary artists that they show at the museum. So you're seeing something new as well as seeing Andy Warhol's work. It's phenomenal. Can't recommend it enough. We also have the Carnegie Museum of Art, which is a phenomenal art museum in the Oakland area. That's where the universities are in Pittsburgh. And there's a Carnegie Museum of Natural History, which is lauded for its dinosaurs. Andrew Carnegie was very competitive, if you know anything about the steel industry, to say the least. And he also was really competitive in collecting dinosaur bones. So he insisted that there would be this phenomenal museum with dinosaur bones. And we are lucky to still have that today. There's also a Roberto Clemente Museum. Uh, We have a science center. So there is a museum for you, no matter what you're interested in in Pittsburgh. I travel a lot of times with my kids. Right now, they're pretty young. What are some of the things, obviously, kids love dinosaurs, so that's great. And I'm sure they would love going on the inclines. Yes. beyond that, what are some of the other things for families when they come to Pittsburgh? Carnegie Science Center is 
hands down my favorite place to take. I don't have children myself, but to take my young family members, my cousins, it is an absolute blast. It is a gigantic science center where everything is hands-on. There's so much for kids to learn. And that's what I love about the science center is kids are learning so much, but they don't even know they're learning. They just think they're having fun. (laughs) So that's great. In addition to that, we have a fantastic children's museum. So that's a lot of fun. The children's museum is really focused on maker opportunities. So there's a great opportunity for kids to be making things with their hands and really get some experience with uh, new technologies for making as well. Well, that sounds really cool. Yeah. I love being able to kind of just do things that are, are educational or good for them without them really knowing about it. And yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> you know, you kind of feel bad sometimes, but you're like, oh, I'm doing the best thing for them in the long term. Exactly. And we also have great parks. So if you have kids where they're, they've got high energy and they want to run and play outside, there are lots of parks in Pittsburgh. The one I have to recommend is colloquially called Blue Slide Park. If any listeners have heard uh, Mac Miller's song, Blue Slide Park, that is the place that he was singing about. And it truly is a park with blue slides that are concrete. And they're these really old, decades old things that are within the ground. They're really cool, but it's a great park for kids to just run and get their energy out. It's also really known for bird watching and walking, um, walking trails. So Pittsburgh you know, the vision that folks might have of Pittsburgh is like this old smoky steel town, but it certainly has changed. And our parks are a great testament to that beautiful green spaces um, where you can get away from the hustle and bustle of the city. Absolutely. Now there's another uh, park, um, Point State Park. Yes. Point State Park is another one of my favorite places. I feel like they're all my favorite, but Point State Park. So I talked a little bit about how Pittsburgh is a triangle and at the tip of the triangle where the three rivers intersect is Point State Park. So what you'll be able to do there is walk through and see a lot of local history But you'll also get to experience this beautiful park. At the point, there is a fountain. So during the summertime, you'll see folks laying against, there's a a large concrete pad that goes around the fountains. You'll see folks laying there and catching some sun. And then during the wintertime, Point State Park isn't quite as popular. However, there still is the Fort Pitt Museum, which is at the park, and you can learn about the history of Fort Pitt. So I recommend that as well. That's good. Yeah, another another way to kind of teach yourself as well as the, the kids while you're out there mm-hmm. traveling around. Exactly. We only have a few more minutes, but I, I don't want to miss out on some of the great food that's there in, in Pittsburgh. So what are some of your suggestions and, and what is like, Pittsburgh known for as far as food goes? Yeah, so Pittsburgh is known for um, Polish food. Pittsburgh is known for pierogies. So those are something that you have to try if you come here. Where I would recommend, and this is very controversial because there are many that people love, but if you to go to S&D Polish Deli in the Strip District, and their pierogies are phenomenal, so I can't recommend those enough. But Pittsburgh, definitely known for pierogies, also known for the Primanti Brothers Sandwich, which is a bit uh, controversial, but it is a gigantic sky-high sandwich, two pieces of Italian toast, and then in between it, Whatever fillings you choose, however, there will always be French fries and coleslaw on your sandwich. So get ready to be very hungry if you go to Primanti Brothers. The iconic classic is in the Strip District as well. So if you time it right, you can do pierogies for lunch and Primanti Brothers for dinner. And it is just the classic Pittsburgh meal. It started out as a place where, as a street cart for hungry overnight workers. And it has turned into, yeah, it's turned into this iconic Pittsburgh place. That's really cool. All right. So my kids love pancakes. 
Is there like a really good place for, for pancakes in, the, in Pittsburgh? Oh, yes. So many. The iconic one is called Pamela's. And it's iconic because it's been in Pittsburgh forever. They make these crepe style hotcakes. They're like really buttery, thin, delicious. Barack Obama ate them when he came to Pittsburgh. So they got a lot of love not too long ago. And the lines outside of Pamela's are worth waiting in because the food there is fantastic. All right. That sounds good. All right. If, uh, say if I'm just coming there with my wife and we want like a, a really good date night place, where should we go? So if you're looking to splurge a little bit, I would recommend a restaurant called Altius and it is on top of Mount Washington. So you could take the incline there if you wanted to, but it is really fine dining at its finest. Make sure you call ahead and get a reservation and get a table near the windows. So you'll get to see the view of Pittsburgh while you eat the um, attention that they place on the menu and on the service is phenomenal. So I can't recommend that enough. What type of food do they serve? It is, I would say, American cuisine, but you'll find it's a relatively small menu. So you'll find, you know, maybe a steak dish, a fish dish, but really just high-end elevated cuisine. And their desserts. You have to get a dessert while you're there. What do you recommend? So it changes often, but one thing I've gotten there before is um, sort of this chocolate ball, and it's a it was a hard exterior of, of chocolate, and then they pour sort of a hot chocolate sauce on top, and the ball pops open, and inside you'll find this delicious sort of like cakey, fudgy treat, and it's that's another thing. You should do it for the gram, but also do it because <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> yeah, my mouth is watering right now just hearing about it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> Well, I really thank you for sharing all these different tips, but now it's time for the final countdown. So although this one sounded really great at Altius, but if somebody only had time for one meal uh, when they visited Pittsburgh, where should they go and what should they eat? So I am again going to recommend pierogies. However, I'm going to give you a little twist on the pierogies. So if you have time for one meal, I would recommend a restaurant called Apteka. And this restaurant is really focusing on Eastern European cuisine. So you will find pierogies on the menu. I really recommend them. But what's really interesting about Apteca, a lot of the places where you get pierogies in Pittsburgh, they've been here forever. They're like mom and pop establishments, but Apteca is newer to Pittsburgh. It's a great spot. They also have a nice wine list and food other than pierogies if you want something other than than dough. So you can get a lot there. (laughs) Right on. All right. That sounds really good. Now you've lived in Pittsburgh in that whole area for a long time now. What's one of your most memorable stories? I think the thing that's most memorable for me about Pittsburgh is, so I grew up east of the city, and if anyone has lived here, they are familiar with a road called the Parkway, and they're probably familiar with it in a bad way because there's always traffic. But um, growing up in the east of the city, when you are coming into downtown, you'll round this bend and see the skyline pop into view, and it's absolutely extraordinary. Um, One of the things about Pittsburgh being on this tiny little triangle of land is that our skyline packs a big punch. And to this day, I am always finding new places to see the skyline from different neighborhoods. But rounding that bend, you know, now when I was a kid in the backseat, now that I'm the person driving, it is phenomenal. It never, it just never gets less of a goosebump inducing feeling. Pittsburgh skyline is is truly remarkable. That sounds gorgeous. And we'll include some pictures of these things in the in the show notes too. So all the listeners will be able to experience it for themselves. You know, when you think of like happy feelings and spending mm-hmm. time with friends and everything, where where's the happiest happy hour in Pittsburgh? My favorite happy hour in Pittsburgh is a place called Hidden Harbor. And it's also one of my favorite bars in Pittsburgh. So this is located in Pittsburgh's Squirrel Hill neighborhood. And Hidden Harbor is a tiki bar. Their drinks are some of the most, like the freshest, 
and most beautiful drinks in the city, beautiful garnishes, really great care placed in the ingredients. They have a great happy hour too on the weekdays. Um, so you should go there and check that out if you're looking for a little bit of a bargain. But even if you want to go later at night when drinks are full price, Hidden Harbor is an absolute blast. That sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, it's not too often you find tiki bars around. So that sounds, That's pretty, right. like, that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Now, one of the things I always do whenever I travel is I always eat pizza at the local spots. So where's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Pittsburgh? Pizza in Pittsburgh is really interesting because Pittsburgh has a large immigrant population and a large Italian immigrant population where people came from all different parts of Italy. So you'll find different types of pizza. No one can really agree on what Pittsburgh pizza is because there are so many (laughs) different styles. But probably the two that get called out the most, and I'm going to give you two because they're basically next door to one another, so you can try a slice at each. They're called Minios and Aelos. These are also in Squirrel Hill, and there's a big controversy over which one is the best. So every Pittsburgher sort of seems to have their allegiance to one or the other, but it's great pizza. I think that's the closest to sort of Pittsburgh style pizza that you can really find. So I would give those a shot and just, you know, get a slice at each and see see what your opinion is. Hey, you know, you're never going to tw- be able to twist my arm enough to be able to say, you know what, hey, <laughs> you need to try pizza at two different places. You know, so <laughs> I will take that challenge. I will take that challenge. <laughs> You know, you know a lot about Pittsburgh, but you also travel quite a bit. What's your best travel tip? I think my best travel tip is I'm a big supporter of public transit and not only for the uh, environmental impacts, but also because I think public transit is a great way to see the city. You are getting a chance to actually see how the locals get around their town and not being in a car, you actually get to like look at a lot more when you're not having to worry about the directions and the driving. So that's my big tip. Try and figure out whatever city you're visiting, figure out its public transit model and get out there and explore the way that, that a local does. Absolutely. I, you're speaking to the choir here because as a dad of the family, I'm the one that drives probably right. 95% of the time. <laughs> and I'm always focused on making sure I don't hit the car in front of me mm-hmm. and trying to find a place to park. And if I don't yeah. have to drive, I can enjoy the experience that much more just like everybody else is. For sure. And oftentimes it's a lot cheaper too. I mean, I I have had sort of intense public transit experiences in Italy once. We uh, were on the Amalfi Coast and took a bus that I thought was going to fall off of a cliff, but the locals weren't worried because they were just, this was completely normal behavior (laughs) for them. So uh, you learn a lot about local culture as well, taking public transit. Absolutely. That's that's for sure. Rosalind, I really appreciate you coming onto the show and sharing all your tips for Pittsburgh. But actually, right now, we're just kind of touching the, the tip of the iceberg with everything you know about Pittsburgh. Can you tell us a little bit about your book and how people can connect with you and uh, where they should reach out to you if they want to connect on, let's like, say, social media? Yeah, certainly. So I recently published a book called 100 Things to Do in Pittsburgh Before You Die. It's a Pittsburgh bucket list, and it's great both for newcomers to the city. There are the Pittsburgh classics that you must do, as well as people who've lived here forever. There's a lot of hidden gems. So if you're interested in learning more about the book, you can find it at 100thingspittsburgh.com. And I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, and it is 100thingspittsburgh. In both cases, that is the number 100. I love to help people explore Pittsburgh and to help people plan their travel itineraries. So feel free to reach out on social media and I can't wait to hear from folks. That sounds great. Again, we're going to have links to all this on the show notes and hopefully people click through our link and buy your book. Rosalind, I really appreciate you being on the show and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Big thanks to Rosalind for coming onto the show and sharing your tips for Pittsburgh. Show us some love by following her on Instagram at 100 Things Pittsburgh. 
send me a tweet at WeTravelThere to share your favorite thing about Pittsburgh. All links we talked about today can be found at wetravelthere.com forward slash Pittsburgh. We want to say thank you to Basque Bank for being a sponsor of today's episode. Basque Bank offers the only savings account that pays miles instead of interest. Open your account today to take advantage of limited time bonus offers. For more details, go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Basque Bank, member FDIC. Join us next time as we visit Surrey, England to speak with my good friend Chris Avery of Crave Technologies. Chris and I talk about hidden pubs, walking a llama, and the stepping stones at Box Hill. We hope you'll join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe that we don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. Thank you.